Wicked Deep is not an ordinary podcast about dating. Let's Get Wicked Deep is a dating podcast where tough questions are asked and honest answers are given. It's a place to begin meaningful conversations and lasting impressions. Let's Get Wicked Deep, a healthy dating resource. Welcome to another episode of Let's Get Wicked Deep, a dating podcast. Today's episode, I'm going to be talking about something I really haven't talked about a bunch lately is toxic relationships. I'm going to be talking about um, sort of a before and after situation, but before I do that, I definitely want to mention that I just got back into town from dropping my son off at school. My last podcast, I talked about becoming an empty nester and kind of how I was feeling about everything and just got back, did it, dropped him off, dropped him off at school. And it's so funny because when you become like a parent, you are basically making sure you never lose your kid, right? Like you're making sure you always know where your kid at. If you have multiple kids, you've got to know where the heck, where they are all the time. And if you have more than two, you're definitely outnumbered. So the craziest part about this was I got on a plane. My ex-husband and I dropped him off together, you know, set up his room, went shopping, got all his stuff done, met his football coach again, and, you know, took a tour of the campus, blah, 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 all that fun stuff. And then we purposely left him. We left our kid in a different state. We left him there. So it was emotional, of course, because I'm the mom and I, it's hard. It's it's hard to drop your kids off. It just is, especially the youngest one, the baby, because I knew that dropping him off was sad in itself. Then also that like signaled a new chapter in my life, new chapter in my life, new beginnings, new everything. And leaving him there was really emotional. Said goodbye. He didn't cry. Of course I did. Tried to give him all the mom advice um, that I could in, you know, 30 seconds. And I'm sure none of it even sunk in, but it was it was tough leaving him there, and as I was walking out, I turned and, and looked at him, oof, and he just kind of looked at me, and then, believe it or not, slowly shut the door, like, see you guys later, I'm ready to do this. So obviously, when you're the kid, it's you're ready to be free from your parents and free from all that stuff, and you're excited to be on your own for the first time, and he's really on his own for the first time because he has to be there for two weeks to quarantine before the rest of the campus gets there, so he and 39 other kids are there because they were coming from um, states where the virus is hitting pretty hard. So he had to quarantine. So um, got him all set up. His room was ready. He was ready. I was ready, believe it or not. Ready in the sense where it's like, okay, it's time for me to to do this, to face the rest of my life. And, and I did it. I left him there. So coming home was a little tough because years and years ago, he and I had gone to Home Depot and picked out this yard ornament of this metal dog. We both love dogs. So coming home yesterday, pulled into the driveway, parked my car in the driveway, sat in my car and saw that metal dog that I've been looking at for years. And I just lost it. Carved my eyes out, sat in my car in the driveway and cried so hard. And then pulled into the garage, which was super hard to do. I don't know why. Pulled into the garage, got out, walked into the house. Of course, as I was walking in, there was this picture of him when he was three. His uh, like pre-K picture was sitting there for some reason, and that was tough. But 
you know what? Life goes on. Got into the house. Dishes were done. Everything was clean. Blanket was still folded. Remote was where I left it. Lights were off. So it was, it was nice in a way, kind of coming home. And of course, I went to his room, sat around in his room for a few minutes, didn't cry, but I was like, okay, here we go. We're doing this. So anyway, flew in and flew out of Rhode Island. Um, and now I'm back in uh, Tent City, Austin, Texas is what I'm calling it now because Rhode Island was so nice and I come home to all the homeless people hanging out doing their thing. But anyway, that's beside the point. So moving on to the topic of today's podcast. So flying, flying in a toxic relationship versus a healthy relationship. Wow, it's so different. Um, and the reason why I'm talking about this today was because flying this these past few days just made me like kind of like you know, brought up a lot of different things that I experienced when I was in my toxic relationship and comparing it to the healthy relationship that I'm in now is like literally like night and day. Back when I was in a toxic relationship, when I would fly, because he was long distance for a little while and then, you know, moved to where I am. But when I would fly home, it was this constant contact sort of thing. Actually, it was always a constant contact sort of thing where there was never a situation where we were not in contact, which was crazy for the amount of cheating that he did. I don't know how the heck he did that. I mean, mastermind, I guess, if you will, but like constant contact all the time. So flying was no different. The only time we weren't talking is when I was either going through security or if I was 30,000 feet in the air, which is where I felt the most safe, both flying in and out of, uh, of Boston. So it was it was definitely interesting yesterday or the other day when I was flying because the person that I'm with now is extremely secure. He's extremely busy. He has his own stuff going on. And although a this relationship is important to him, it's not his entire world, which is amazing because I feel the exact same thing. This relationship is extremely important to me, but it's not my entire world. In addition to this, I have books that I'm writing. I have a relation. I have a business that I'm building. I have a podcast that I'm recording. So although it's like an added bonus to have this amazing person in my life, it's not my entire life, which is how it should be. Now, when I was in my toxic relationship, the toxic relationship was the most important thing to, I guess would say both of us in such a massive unhealthy way. So constant contact and flying was it was interesting because the only time, like I said, I was I was safe and by myself was when I was 30,000 feet in the air, when I was contained, you know, or I wasn't free to kind of go and do the things I wanted to do. When I would go through security, if he didn't get a text back or a call back right away, he would start calling, he would start texting, where are you, what's going on, blah, 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 all that. Wanted complete and total control and he had it because I was so unhealthy and going through this at first, it was like, oh, wow, like what is going on? Because when I was married, it wasn't like that. And in this, at first, I thought, oh, this is so nice. He likes to know where I am. He likes to know I'm, quote, unquote, safe, which is not entirely true because I wasn't safe when I was with him. He didn't want to know I was safe. He would just wanted to know where I was. So walking through an airport, I was on the phone with him constantly, whether it was a text or a phone call or, you know, whatever was going on. And then, of course, he was the one to pick me up from the airport. So if I went through security and I wanted to use the bathroom or I wanted to go to the store or get something to eat. It was, he was on the phone with me. I never had any like privacy with it. So when I was flying these past couple of days, I, 
realized how free I am, how free I am in a relationship. And it's the most amazing feeling in the world. It's completely two completely different situations where it's, I'm free to go and do what I want and experience things that I want, but still have a person that isn't crawling up my ass trying to figure out where I am and what I'm doing and why haven't I called and why haven't I done this and why haven't I done that. So the healthy aspect is is so much better. So at first when I was traveling, I was like, oh wait, I don't, I realized I sat down on the plane and I was like, wow, I don't need to tell him that I'm taking off. I don't need to say that to him. He's, he was either at home or at work or something. And I was like, he's doing X, Y, and Z. He knows I'm taking off. He doesn't need to have a text reminder saying I'm taking off. And if I did that to him, he would be like, why are you texting me this? Why are you telling me something that I already know? Which was such a nice feeling to know that I didn't have to tell somebody where I was, where I was going, or exactly what I was doing in that moment. When I was in the toxic relationship, it was, who'd you sit next to? Did you talk? What'd you talk about? You know, his big thing was he didn't want me sitting next to another man. I don't know what he thought was going to happen if I sat next to a man or spoke to a man, but I sat next to men all the time and I talked to men all the time. Nothing ever came of it. It was just a person sitting next to you. So when I was able to get off the plane in this, that's healthy, no questions about who did you sit next to or what was this like or, you know, whatever. And it was refreshing and it was a really a nice experience where I got to the airport at my layover, I got off the plane, I went to the bathroom or whatever, found a place to eat something, ate something, didn't have to check in with anybody. I didn't have to say to him, now I'm sitting at this restaurant. Now I'm sitting here. I sent him a picture of something and he was like, of all places to sit, that's what you chose, you know, because it was just like a joke between the two of us, but it was, it was nice. And then sent him a picture of a dog wearing a button down shirt because I thought it was funny. He didn't respond. He didn't say anything because I know he's busy. So it's such a nice feeling to either send him something or, you know, text him and he doesn't respond. And I don't think to myself, okay, what happened? Is he mad at me? What did I do? Did I not text fast enough? Did I not say the right thing? Did I not tell him that I got off the plane? And these are all the things that go through your head after you've been in something so toxic and something so controlling. So when you meet someone that doesn't want to control you, it feels really different. It feels really weird. It's something that's a little difficult to get used to. So the fact that I took five years after my toxic relationship ended to heal and recover and kind of get to know who I am and date here and there that also helped a lot, but that doesn't prevent you from like thinking these things when you're in a new relationship, when you're in something that's healthy, you still go through all sort of this, the things like you do second guess a little bit like, oh, wait, he didn't respond. Is he mad? No, he's not mad. He's literally busy. So it takes a little while for you to trust the fact that this next person that you are choosing to be with isn't toxic that he isn't going to be controlling, that he isn't going to question your whereabouts, where you're going, who you're sitting next to, what are you wearing? What I wore to the airport in my toxic relationship was always an issue. And I am, I've never been a scandalous type of person with the way I dress. I've never been that way. So I would wear usually jeans and a t-shirt and I naturally just have a big ass. 
So a lot of the times my pants would, you know, fall a little bit. And when I would get up, I'd have to stand up. And like, you know, when I stood up, I, I pulled them up and it was always like, why are you trying to show your ass off? Uh, yeah, literally not trying to do that because I have a big ass. I didn't say that it was amazing ass. So it's like, I wasn't trying to do those things. It just was the way the jeans fit. And I remember that he would tell me that I was a, a whore looking for attention at the airport from strange men because I wore these jeans. And I specifically would go and get jeans that were like high-waisted, but that doesn't prevent them from moving, you know? And it was like, why are you wearing that that sort of T-shirt? I don't know like what kind of a T-shirt someone can wear that could make them look like a whore, but I managed to do it every time. So it was, you know, coming off the plane, who'd you sit next to? Why are you wearing this? Whose attention are you trying to get? And it was very stressful. And I'll tell you what, traveling this time and traveling this time, I traveled and uh, when I got there, I met obviously my son and my ex-husband and together we dropped him off. Together we went to the store and bought him stuff. Together we had lunch, you know, with his football coach or whatever and talked and it was normal. And I am with somebody that is so secure and so supportive that was like, yeah, like these are the things that happen. This is a normal part of life that you go with, you know, your kid's father and you do these things. Had I tried to do this when I was in that toxic relationship, I don't know what would have happened. It would have been very, very bad. You know, it would have been very, very bad. So with this past trip, I I learned so much. First of all, how amazing the guy is that I've been seeing, how he's just very, you know, it was business as usual. I was in a different state and we talked the exact same amount. We, you know, communicated the exact same amount. There wasn't any checking up on me. There wasn't any uh, trick questions, trying to get information out of me, trying to see if I'm lying about something. We had our normal arguments like we normally do uh, because he drives me crazy. So it was business as usual and it was really nice and it was very healthy, very secure. It was very happy and it made it a million times easier going into something that I knew was going to be emotional to begin with, dropping my son off and having the support of this person in the same way was very consistent and it was very nice. There wasn't anything sneaky about it. There wasn't anything where I was insulted. I wasn't called any names because I was dropping my son off at school with, you know, his dad. It was a really good, healthy experience. And it just really made me think a lot about the toxic relationship and how far I have come and like what is exactly on the other side of something so toxic. I sat on that airplane and I was had the biggest, dumbest smile on my face because I'm like, wow, I am not being controlled. Being in an airplane 30,000 feet in the air was not where I felt safe. It was just something I had to do to get to my son. And it wasn't an escape. And it was actually really nice. And it just so happened that now I had access to Wi-Fi throughout the entire thing. So I was able to, you know, send him things I found funny that he didn't on Instagram or, you know, text him back and forth. And he was able to kind of say the same sort of normal stuff that we always did, like usual. And there wasn't, there wasn't anything sneaky about it. And it was so healthy and it was so happy. And I just, I cannot believe the difference, the night and day difference. It was basically like somebody suffocating you. And then now you're able to breathe and now you're able to live and you're able to make the decisions that you want. Like I woke up yesterday morning at 5 a.m., 
got up, took a shower, got dressed, checked out of the hotel, got in my rental car, got to the airport, got something to eat, sat there, you know, did all my stuff. And I wasn't worried. No anxiety. I hadn't heard from him. I didn't text him because I knew, you know, he was doing whatever it was that he was doing. And eventually we said good morning to each other. And it, it was great. There was no questioning. There was no like, why didn't you text me when you got up? Why didn't you text me when you did this? You know, I was able to do everything I needed to do and felt completely and utterly free. But at the same time, wasn't worried about anything. Felt like this is still a secure relationship, but I'm able to be free. So basically, the bottom line is after a toxic relationship, after you've been abused, after you've been through stuff that a lot of people don't really understand unless they've been through it, you can without a doubt, 100% find something healthy, happy, safe, and secure on the other side of this. If you heal, if you go through the process and heal, if you figure out where you went wrong in your toxic relationship and you fix those wounds and you heal those wounds, and then you live on your own single for a while trying to figure out like, you know, who you are, what you like and what you don't like. So when you do meet that person You can say to him or her or whatever, like, these are the things that I do and they can accept it, whether it's traveling or, you know, brunch every Saturday with the same person or whatever it is, you're going to have your life and then you're going to be able to add someone super healthy to that life who's going to allow you to be who you naturally are. So if you're in something toxic now or if you're out of something toxic and you're trying to see if you want to date again heal first before you do this, because I promise you it's worth it. It's difficult. It's not easy to heal from something toxic, but it is worth it. So I will say to you, do your best to do that and do not feel helpless and hopeless as if you'll never be able to love again and nobody will ever love you again, because that's just not true. Healing is what will definitely get you where you need to be. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode of Let's Get Wicked Deep, a dating podcast. To find out more information about anything you heard on today's show, please check out BeBraveCoaching.org. 